In this episode, we interview Jonathan Tweet. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid, mindless, There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. That, that's, that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, geeks. Welcome to Geeks of Cascadia. It is episode 39 I am your host, Blue Samurai, and I am with... The Costasaurus, and then we are with the amazing... I am still Paul. We have a great show for you today. We have... Who do we have, Paul? Uh, we got you, me, and Joe. What, what more could a person I, want? Yeah, well, what else do we have? Well, we are talking to Jonathan Tweet. Yes, Jonathan Tweet, who uh, developed um, 3.0, right? Yes. Yeah, 3.0. He uh, used to work Which for Which is a Coast. Dungeons & Dragons thing. Yes, that's true. You should know that. <laughs> As in version? You, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this or watching no, this, you would already know that. Everyone plays Dungeons & Dragons. You know, I don't play, what? but I knew I knew what that was. I didn't yes. know who he was till I met him. Oh, I don't know who... <laughs> I didn't know who he was, but I know what 3.0 was. Well, it's, it's very interesting, him coming in there and... Well, first of all, Wizards bought TSR and said, you know what, we're going to revamp the game, so... We're gonna, we're gonna totally revamp it. So brought a couple of people in. He happens to be one of the people that nice. revamped it. And if you want to hear about that, you can also listen to our um, Peter Atkinson interview. That's right. Yeah. That is correct. Do you remember what episode that was? Um, earlier. It was um, yeah. before episode thirty nine. Yeah. That's true. It is before. Before thirty nine. Yeah. Nailed That's it. Right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, with that, what do we got going on in the news? Uh, well, let's go to con news. Con news. Yeah. Con news. Well, let's start with the sad, sad news from Anglicon. Anglicon mm. 2018 canceled. As with great regret, we, regret, we must announce that Anglicon 2018 what? will not happen. There are many factors that led to this decision, including low ticket sales, insufficient hotel room reservations, mm-hmm. and a major guest that had to cancel due to professional obligations. They got a so new Doctor Who. Yeah. That should spur growth and everything. It apparently didn't work. No, it's stupid. Yeah. That's too bad. That's too bad. I hope they can bring it around. <laughs> Are they talking about <coughs> bringing it back uh, at all? Or uh, further no? updates are forthcoming. All right. So look to the future, or maybe they'll just use the TARDIS. Go back. Sell more tickets. <laughs> I blame it on the Daleks. All right. Yes. You know what, what they say? Do what on? doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. Does that work with cons? I hope so. Maybe. <laughs> Working con is still strong. Yeah. We also have coming up um, Anthro Northwest, which is um, C- Seattle Renaissance Hotel, November eighth through eleventh. They have it's a Renaissance fair sort of a thing. They got art, and it's gonna scroll. They've got costumes. What else we got here? And a charity thing. A little puppy there. I, just, I like puppies. Puppies are good. So if you're interested in charity things. Go to Anthro Northwest. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, there you go. Um, lots of amazing people. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's not Burley Con. Wait. We also have coming Wait, wait, up. wait. Mm-hmm. Is this a furry con? 
I don't know. Because that was a picture of hundreds of people in costume. Oh, yes, you're right. It's at a Renaissance hotel. It's not a Renaissance con. No. Okay, well, that's a thing you can do. Yeah. If you're into that. Yeah. I just don't know if it is, like, a very convention or just an animal lover convention. Going through their webpage, I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. Paul will put the pictures right here. Yeah, yes. Seeing how there were hundreds of people all dressed mm-hmm. yes. as their um, Looks very animal. Yeah. I see a weekend of wizardry. What is Wonderful this? Wonderful weekend of wizardry. I was just watching um, the Harry Potter marathon on TNT before I came here. Nice. Pretty awesome. Yep, they um, start getting really good after the last movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding, I like Harry Potter. And so that is a Hotel Murano uh, in Tacoma, December 6th through 9th. As you might imagine, it's a Harry Potter-themed convention. Mm-hmm. Um, tickets oh, are on sale sounds now. Sounds pretty cool. Um, they've, they've got some cool stuff going on. Um, vendors, guests, who do we have? An owl! Just oh, kidding. We have Chris Rankin, the player mm-hmm. of Percy Weasley. Stan... Yannette Vinsky, mm-hmm. Victor, Victor Crumb, yeah. 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 Who else do we got there? Um, there? We've got Paul Warren, who played Daniel Radcliffe's body double. Oh. It's kind of like the guy who played the, the body inside Dark Vader. <laughs> okay. Oh, great. We were going to have him on the show now. Uh, yes, now. Yeah, next week. He's going to be here. Oh, right. and the girl who played Hermione no. Granger's cosplayer. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> And they've got a wizard rock band, the Blibbering Humdingers, which sounds so much fun. Ooh, wizard rock? That, that, Wizard rock is great. I I am intrigued. I am not, but I am intrigued, for sure. You should listen to Harry and the Potters. There's Harry and the Potters. There is Draco Draco and the Malfoys. And there's the Blibbering Humdingers. Harry and the Potters. Remind me after this, and I will write that down. That's all we really have coming up really soon, other than stuff we Mm -hmm. talked about last week. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear about Geek Girl Con, listen to last week's episode, Mm -hmm. because that's what we talked about. <laughs> we also have coming up in January a little thing called OrcaCon. Yeah. For the record, OrcaCon is not canceled whatsoever. Not canceled. Um, we're actually doing very, very well in our ticket sales, um, hotel reservations, and everything. And with that being said, um, uh, we should you would get tickets. You would want to get tickets mm-hmm. soon because at some point we may have to cap it and sell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we only have. So much space, and we're it's we're already projecting more than we had last yeah, year. Yeah, we're growing every year significantly. And yeah. So if we grow the same amount, we're we're, we're at the cap. Yeah. Don't forget, OrcaCon is on January 11th, 12th, and 13th in 2019. That's just a few months away, and you can get tickets at orcacon.org. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off there, Paul. No problem. It's the Hilton in Bellevue, and it's free parking. We got food trucks. We got games. Mm-hmm. We got tournaments. We got orcas. Buy a drink and walk anywhere on site you want. And you know what we don't have enough of? Volunteers. That's right, volunteers. So if you want to come down to OrcaCon and you want to play a game, well, why not volunteer and do that? Because we'll give you a pass if you do so many hours, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Go for free. You can get one of these fancy t-shirts. This is from last year's Mm OrcaCon, the blue one. And if Mm -hmm. uh, if we have listeners out there that didn't know that we have video... As well, that is why oh, Paul said this way, one and held this shirt yes, out. Look at this shirt right here. <laughs> this shirt, just just picture an awesome shirt. That's what I'm wearing. What food trucks do you think we have? Uh, good ones. The yeah. link doesn't work. Nailed it again. All right. I don't think there was a link. Okay. So, are we good on cons? We're, I think we're good on cons. All right. Let's do Kickstarter news. What do we got going on? All right. Well, so there's not a lot that I think are just really really amazing but there are some that are very 
Um, unique, mm-hmm. in a good way. Not like unique, like, oh, his friend's unique. Like, in a good way, unique. Um, there's one called Dreams of Tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And in the title, it even says, change the future by sending dreams into the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of this, this unique game. It's $22 plus shipping. Um, Weird Giraffe Games. They've put out some pretty good ones. I've backed a few of their games. Um, and so they put out a sci-fi game not too long ago. I'm totally, I'm totally spacing on the name. Let me pull it out. Um, that was really good. Um, but so that's a really interesting concept for a game. So it's not just like, hey, a standard fantasy game or yeah. a standard sci-fi I love, I love game, you know? Stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so um, they did Stellar Leap. Uh, that was that's a really good game. It's a really good game. Not like a total 4x, but it's it's pretty solid. Uh, they also finished one called Fire in the Library mm-hmm. recently. So this is uh, the new game. Yeah, just it's like I don't want to spend forever on it, but if you get into it and you read about the game, it, it definitely has unique uh, feel. The art is gorgeous. It's uh, about 45 minutes long. Players are. Um, Anywhere from uh, one to six players, so you got a lot of range. That's that is a lot of range, because um, there's a lot of solo gamers out there. Me, I'm not one, but I know there are a lot. And then we have um, as well, and that ends in 24 days from recording this, which is October 15th. So that would be shooting in towards uh, November, middle of November. And then there is another one that actually has 17 days left. So that ends the 27th? No. The 17 days from the 7th. Yep. Uh, And that's called um, Town Town Builder. Town Builder. Yep. Coverden. Um, It was funded in the first day. It's about 217% funded. Um, Just a Honestly, just a cute little tableau building card game for one of four players. But those are kind of the big ones that were really uh, standing out. They've um, brought in campy creatures. Anybody who played that in the past, they got the second edition of that going on. And an expansion for New Salem. Uh, That's also on Kickstarter as well. Um, The... I'd say one of the biggest ones probably is Belfort, which has been around for ten years, and okay. they have the That's tenth. A long Kickstarter. They have the tenth. We're <laughs> <laughs> really going after that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they're yeah, still nine not more fucking years. Years. No, Yeah, nine more years. Um, of their uh, it's like deadline, a P, it's yeah. like a P five hundred game. Mm-hmm. So they um they. It's always it's a big crowd pleaser of the game. A lot of everyone I've honestly not gotten to play it yet. I've always wanted to, but I just never got around to it. So TMG is having the tenth anniversary edition of Belfort with all new content, all this stuff, really good price. Um, it's doing really well, and they're pretty much stuck with for this one. They're just saying we set what our funding goal was. We set it uh, relatively high, thirty thousand, and they said because we want everything in the game so it's not going to be ran by a bunch of stretch goals and stuff like that it's kind of like you just back it you get all of that and not have to you know wait so even if you don't back it and you can get the stuff on retail and they're always good you know they're uh tasty missile games is always good with their games and what they put out and so yeah that's pretty cool cool very cool well i've got another uh kickstarter i'd like to add in there if you don't mind mm-hmm. uh by cherry pit games our good friend alex jarabic who is mm-hmm. a local guy here mm-hmm. a game called far away a two-player cooperative board game 
uh, about discovery, survival, and crushing loneliness of being the only two humans uh, for light years. Well, that sounds awesome. It is sound awesome. We've had him here on our show yeah. a couple times, so he check it out. He hilarious. Has a, he's hilarious. Yes. He's one of the funniest people I have met. Like, and, he, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I'm like, gosh, you're so like quick and witty. He's like, oh, well, I do improv. I'm like, there it is. Yeah. And he's he's had a couple of good games too. Yeah, he's had Conspire, if you remember that. Uh-huh. Drink, the Drink drinking game. So he has done these in the past. He's got 26 days to go. Of course, when this airs, it'll be a little less than that. His uh, his goal is twenty thousand. He's got thirteen thousand awesome. already. So he's yeah, doing like really well. Go, yeah. Alex. So checking it out. You got this. Uh, far away by Cherry Pick Games. Alex, we are rooting for you. We're your biggest fans. Um, what else do we got? Well, we got in the in the game news, tabletop game news. Arkham Horror begins its new cycle. Of the, the Circle Undone. Its new expansion to Arkham Horror. Uh, legendary. If you play that. <laughs> Pre-ordered it. Sorry, you did? it's oh good. I, okay, I like the first one and looking at how they streamlined this and some stuff with, mm-hmm. um, with that. Uh, this is for is this for the card game? Yes. Oh yeah, the card game is really exciting. But I for it, for some reason got stuck on the new mm-hmm. edition of just Arkham Horror. That's going to be coming out um, this month. Cool. I think. Well, maybe you should do a review. Maybe. Yeah, I'll have to put it. Okay. Three or four hours to play it. Well, with that, there's also uh, another expansion coming out with uh, the legendary, the Marvel game, and that is the Ant Man expansion, which is coming uh, coming in November. And then pretty much they always put out an expansion when a new movie comes out. Yeah, that was a that was a couple months. Yeah, Civil yeah. War. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they that's had true. the Man. They had the Fantastic Four. And uh, finally, um, with the Star Wars Legion, um, car, is it a card game? I have not played this. Legion is more or less X Wing, but okay. with on the ground. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, you got per, um, expansions with personnel that is coming out. So check that out. And with that, do we have anything else, guys? I'm just trying to back far away, and I don't know my password for Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, so that's all I. Alex, oh. we're trying to do it is right it, now. Oh. Is it one, two, right three, now. four? We're trying to back be. you maybe, maybe right my now. Phone remembers. Well, Joe's the, got that. <laughs> well, while you're trying to yeah. uh, back that game, why don't we check out Jonathan Tweet? Jonathan Tweet, let's do that. All right, let's do that right now. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Sign up now at Dragonflight. Dot org. Now back to our show. Hey geeks, you know sometimes we get gems on this program, and we have a gem right here. Jonathan Tweed is with us, and of course my two co-hosts are with us. We've got Doug. I'm Doug. I'm Doug. I'm the one that's not Doug. That's right. Still Paul. Just still, still Paul. Paul. <laughs> so. Jonathan, as most people in the nerd tabletop gaming world knows, he is the developer of 3rd edition D&D, the complete and utter revamp of D&D as uh, Wizards of the Coast bought TSR and and brought it over. And so, if you could, now, was that kind of the the first start into your world of tabletop game design? Uh, No, so by that time I had already been uh, doing professional game design for 10 years. Okay. So I started in 87. Uh, my partner, business partner, Mark Reinhagen, and I formed a company, mm-hmm. Line Rampant. We created a game, Ars Magica, about wizards in the Middle Ages. And that mm-hmm. sort of put us both on the map. And um, 
I did some freelance work. Uh, I created the Over the Edge role-playing game that released in 92. Right, okay. And then in 93, I hired on at Wizards. Uh, I did a role-playing game there, Everway, and uh, we picked up Ars Magica uh, mm-hmm. and uh, published a version of that. And then, uh, then finally, Wizards acquired... TSR right. and Dungeons and Dragons and and you were and thinking, so, am I going to have a job? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I have, at that time I was in the card side, like the okay. you know doing working on like Netrunner and beginner mm-hmm. sets of Magic and what have you, okay. and I sort of uh, inched my way in. Like mm-hmm. I started out, I was going to do um, like a Magic the Gathering setting for Dungeons and Dragons. Which, by the way, is just coming out. I mean, right, like, it's been right. 20 years we've yeah. been waiting for that? Yeah, oh, right. man, maybe I should dust off my work from 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I started working with the D&D system, and then I was going to work on the D&D beginner game, because mm-hmm. beginner games is one of my specialties. Right. And then I sort of got onto the team itself. Um, Peter Atkinson was the president. He's a really big... D&D fan and mm-hmm. he knew the kind of work that I did and what have you and that like I've done a lot of system design it's in fact I did the third edition of Talos Atlanta for Wizards of the Coast before that where they had mm-hmm. a version of the game that was kind of good but really mm-hmm. needed somebody to go over and put it all together again yeah. and so like right. they had already seen what I can do when I take a game and rework it and rationalize it and, and what have you so mm-hmm. um, then I ended up actually leading the design team Oh, wow. So that okay. was great. And then, but I got to work with Monty Cook and Skip Williams. Mm-hmm. They both have great expertise. Monty's great at what's cool. Yeah. He's the guy who said, there should be swords with a, a sword on each side. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like, okay, yeah, that actually sure. is pretty cool. Yeah. And then you got the double sword. Yeah, right? sure. Uh, and Skip Williams so, had so been working on the, the, the new Star Wars t- took that idea. Yeah. Well, I think we might have got the new Star okay. Wars, but... But uh, and Skip Williams, he knew all sorts of stuff because he'd been working at Dungeons and Dragons stuff since I was a kid. Like the first thing I ever got had something that he had worked on in it, like in '77. Wow! Right. So it was great to work with those guys. Very cool. And then Ryan Dancy was the head of the brand, and he just had this genius idea about the open game license and the D20, what have you. And he was really good at. Um, Telling the fans exactly what was going to happen, mm-hmm. because uh, back then, if you asked any D and D player, "Do you want there to be a new edition?" They're like, "No, we don't yeah. want to do a new edition." Right, and then you would right. say, "Well, if we were to do a new edition, what would you want?" Oh, we got to fix this. You got to fix that. <laughs> right, you got to fix right. this other thing, and this is broken, and this doesn't work. It's like, okay, sure, well, yeah. right. Yeah. And so, people didn't like the idea mm-hmm. of a new edition, but they. But the game needed it, and so well, it was essentially it was kind of dying off at that time, right? Yeah, and it just hadn't kept up with. Right. I mean, you know, if you look at second edition was better in a lot of ways than first, and mechanically, but even still, it just was old fashioned in a lot of ways, and just hadn't, hadn't kept up. Right, and and I came in, I I mean, late seventies. I, I remember these. Yeah. Paul came in late, and I, Doug, when did you come in? Early 2010. So you did, uh, was it, is that? I did fourth, fourth edition, edition mostly, yeah. Okay. To start with. Right. All right. And so you, what was the, was there like an overall guidance that Peter gave you? He's like, hey, these are the parameters. Yeah. Meet the parameters. 
um, or was it Actually, he was in there the whole time and micromanaging the well, not micromanaging, leading the effort. <laughs> right. So, so uh, a little both. He gave okay. us uh, directives. The mm -hmm. the team didn't have a leader at first, and so mm -hmm. it was four people all had different mm -hmm. ideas and no one had the authority to decide what things were. Mm -hmm. And that didn't work out and sort of the, the manuscript that we came up with showed that we weren't working efficiently. So he sort of stepped in, took over, gave us a better direction and then when he left, he left me in charge. But by that time we had a pretty clear idea of what we wanted. And uh, we all sort of synced up pretty well in terms of the people in the design team yeah. and and Peter and the brand people for mm -hmm. what we wanted and you know we wanted to make the game better and we were willing to lose players in order to do it like we, we had conversations really? where it's okay. like like how many players are we willing to lose in order to make the game so good mm -hmm. that it'll be good for years and years and years yeah, no matter what you do if you change something you're gonna lose somebody that's what but we have thought. To make that choice. But luckily, yeah. we had Ryan Dancy on the job, yeah. who a year before the release started releasing photos, you know, mm -hmm. images, and right. rules, and they had had this gigantic play test, mm -hmm. which was sort of get everybody sucked into playing the game yeah. early, like get all your earlier doctors, right. and so he just totally managed that so well that from the year ahead of the release, when he started to really promote that uh -huh. stuff. To the release, we realized we're not going to lose anybody. Oh, awesome. We're going to okay. gain people, yeah. and that's exactly right. what I mean. Yes, we did lose some people, but we netted. Yeah, just right. we netted so many more people. And Ryan Dancy was big on the you know let's focus on what D and D does best. And because in second edition D and D was supposed to do everything, so you had the, the sort of the weird modern horror version of D and D, and sure, you had the sure. weird post apocalyptic version uh, and whatever. And then it was just well, let's let's get everyone playing the same D and D again, yeah, for once, and really focused right. everybody. So what I've seen is this kind of light years change in terms of certain aspects in D and D. I would say the diversity, right? Yeah. I mean, you go back to the original D and D, and it's like you know I'm. I'm I'm half Japanese and I want to play an Asian character. You really couldn't do it. It's all European fighters, right? And you look at today in fifth edition, even the pictures. Yeah. So in third edition, yeah. did that subject come back come up? It's like, you know what, we need to make this we need to be inclusive. I mean I, I, I think everyone was sort of on board with it. So like I'm the one that created the idea of the iconic characters. Okay. Right? And so okay. you had Lida is the iconic rogue and Miley is the iconic wizard and what have you. Right? That's um, and that turned out really, really good. They wind up getting their own books, uh -huh. right? Where they you know, the heroes of, of fantasy novels and whatever. Um, but then I was the one who picked which ones are white and which ones are black and which ones are male, which ones are female, and really sort of tried to provide a range. Okay. Right? Awesome. Uh, right? And yeah. I, we didn't get any pushback. Wizards of the Coast was always super liberal right from the mm -hmm. beginning. Yeah. Right? TSR maybe came across as a little more old-fashioned, but they were, right. none of, nobody complained. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that third, third edition was a great opportunity for us to sort of push things forward. In second edition, they had like a officially declared they were no longer going to use the pronoun she. They were just going to use he for everything. Oh. So that was grammatically correct. I was like, well, that yeah. is tone deaf. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah. So, and I know we talked about this earlier, about a month or two months ago over beers. Yeah. But I thought the, the nuances of the some of the, the rule changes and some of the arguments you had, I thought were kind of interesting. So, 
if you could talk about um, a little bit the like the two tracks on how you do initiative. Yeah, right. right. So this is one of the things that was an indication that the team that didn't have a leader yet wasn't really functioning very well because we couldn't agree on an initiative system. Mm -hmm. So the initiative system I had always used mm -hmm. was you just go in a fixed order based on your dexterity and you go in a circle and that's what we want. And apparently that was not the way people did it. Yeah. And so um, I introduced that idea to D&D uh, to &D and, it, and, and it actually makes the game go fast. Right. It, the other alternative was everybody goes around and says what they're going to do, and then everyone goes around again and executes it, and then those are in order from very fast things go first, and then fast things, and then middle things, and then slow things, and then very slow things. So you would actually have six stages in the round where everyone declares what they're doing, all the very fast things go, all the fast things go, and it's just like, well, it just takes you longer to go through the round. Right. Yeah. So, for example, I'm a fighter. I'm going to do a melee, melee attack. So I get to go first while this wizard is preparing a spell that's going to take X amount of time. Right. Um, what, so at that, that system required no rolling at first, right? But a lot of... Uh, sounds like a lot of charts. <laughs> right. That's I mean, what, well, that's like what you had to... Like, right. like charging was a fast thing, and so okay. charges went off first before other attacks did or whatever. And it was just... Like, I mean there's something really appealing mm -hmm. when you think about that system where it's like you have to decide what you're going to do before you see how anybody's round mm -hmm. turns out so the cleric has to decide mm -hmm. whether they're going to heal somebody or not before mm -hmm. they see what happens yeah. it makes some sense yeah mm -hmm. it just makes everything go slow mm -hmm. right and so on paper it's like this is cool and then you play it at the table it's like this is slow yeah. But I think this was one of the things that you said that kind of deadlocked the group, right? There was yeah. A, so we had to release two different playtest versions: one with mm -hmm. one version of the initiative and one with mm -hmm. the other. Was this the one where Peter had to get involved? And go, the, we're going with this one. Or? And then uh, it was more like, well, you know, we can't have this anymore. You can't, you know, you can't mm -hmm. go to the playtesters and say uh, we can't decide which one we like, okay. right? Like you have to at least decide. Yeah. How yeah. heated was it in that room? I mean, I'm sure it was well, you were very collegial, but I'm sure there were a couple of things where you just went out at each other, right? I, I mean, mean, and is it, there anything it, you could share, maybe? On uh, well, turn the camera off and the recording off. And, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, okay. I'll tell you a couple of things. It was not all smooth. Okay, that that, that is for sure. Right. But right. a process like that, when you're making a wholesale change of yeah. DNA, that's obviously right. that's going to happen. That's right. I don't want to monopolize all the questions that I'm just so in. That's fine. This, but Doug, yeah. or, you know, you've been, uh, you've been playing D&D for a long time, a DM. Um, Mostly a DM, sometimes a player. Right. Mm -hmm. And you haven't done the you haven't done the three th third edition just fourth and fifth right. I was going to start a third edition three point five actually mm -hmm. uh, at college, but never got around to it. Mm -hmm. um, but then kind of picked it back up uh, with fourth edition. Well, you should when do thirteenth age anyway. So, yeah, so I've heard that good is a nice segue actually. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that. No, I, I, sorry, what, yep. you know we're going to have to go more into this a little sure. later on, but uh, I know you're doing some new new things. You moved on. Uh, so talk about 13th Age. Right, so I was the lead designer on 3rd edition, and my mm -hmm. best friend Rob Hainson was the lead designer on 4th edition. And um, several years ago, we neither of us were working for Wizards anymore, and we thought, hey, we're both free. We get to 
design whatever we want to do. Was this a choice decision, or was it down, downsizing or anything like that? Or so I got I got sort of squeezed out with all the people who really understood D and D and didn't like fourth edition. Okay. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> But hey, good things happen out hey, there, right? right? So, I mean, yeah. So you do it. So you got out. and You went, man. I gotta, I gotta do something, right? I gotta put food on the table. I mean, so I, I right? wound up working at. Uh, I did some Facebook games and okay. stuff for a while. For a couple, I worked at uh, Real Networks and I worked at Amazon Game Studios. Okay. Um, but with Rob, once he had been the lead designer on Fourth, and then he wasn't with the company anymore, we got together. It's like, well, we're best friends. We've worked mm -hmm. on games together for years and years. He was in my playtest campaign for third. I was in his playtest campaign for fourth. Right, like we really and we really understand each other, and we can really talk the stuff through together. So we're like, well, what, what should we do? And we realized that the, the thing that we really wanted, the, the thing that we owed to the game world, or the thing that we could best provide to our, our community, would be the two of us getting together and coming up with the best D twenty rolling game okay. we could possibly do, and that's Thirteenth Age. Okay, and uh, what's going on with that right now? I mean, it's, right? it seems to be, I've heard right? I've heard people talk about it. And so, so. Pellegrin released that in uh, mm -hmm. 2013, okay. and uh, there's a huge line of products for it now, and um, people hear good things about it. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's not only does it stand alone as its own system, but you mm -hmm. can port all sorts of things from it into your D&D campaign. There are all okay. sorts of subsystems, like the background system for skills, mm -hmm. or the icon system for connecting yourself to the big NPCs in the campaign, those things you can all sort of pull straight into uh, a regular D&D game. Um, and so that's been out for a long time. Pellegrin's been uh, supporting it there in the UK. And the biggest news now is uh, Chaosium has released 13th Age Glorantha. Okay. So mm -hmm. Glorantha is this really classic, richly detailed, mythically oriented fantasy world that both Rob Hainsaw and I really have loved since we okay. were young. Right. And now we got to take 13th Age, our way of doing fantasy, mm -hmm. dice rolling and character creation, and put it into the Glorantha setting with all their deities and their myths mm -hmm. and their weird fantasy races cool. and what have you. Cool. And so that is going out to Kickstarter backers right now and yeah. I think releases to the public in October. Sounds awesome. like you, and I think you had a pretty Super good cool. successful Kickstarter. You had a pretty right? good successful Kickstarter with that. Right. Yeah. Now, but, you know, as a game designer, we've talked to some others, like you have to, in order to pay the bills, yeah. get that mortgage payment, you got to constantly think of new ideas. So you had something uh, brewing in there that, that you can maybe tell us a little bit? Uh, so, um, I've got the, the, the next project that I work on, well, hold on, I'm, I'm not even done with Over the Edge yet, so okay. here, so let's All talk right. about that. Yeah, sure, right? yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. so, Over the Edge is my, um, role-playing game of weird urban danger. Okay. It came out in 1992. Okay. And there's a uh, card game That's the original, too, right? there's also a card game on, on the, the Edge, edge. Yeah. it's the same, same setting. Mm -hmm. So... In 1990, I uh, had left Lion Rampant. Mm -hmm. When we turned the, every recordings off, I can tell you a little bit more about that. Okay. But, the, but, but um, I didn't think I was ever going to do 
professional game design again. I just was selling insurance and mutual funds. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Oh. right. Maybe give you some financial advice. Yeah, yeah. well, in <laughs> fact, actually, that job taught me so much about finances. Okay. That I'm, I'm glad that I made, I'm sure I made so much more money with my investments <laughs> right. because I learned no, that, you know, that, right? Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I wanted a role-playing game that I could play mm-hmm. just with my friends where it could be as weird as I wanted it, it could be as dark as I wanted it, it could be as freeform as I wanted it. Nobody had to, like, read a rule book in order to play. Yeah. And so I created a, a game that's based in the modern day, so you can create whatever character you want. Okay. You don't have to look at the rule book sort of to pick. You just sort of invent your character. And then you go to this weird island where sort of a pariah state, it's half totalitarian, half libertarian, and um, and then it's sort of this weird big city that's um, sort of like a Twilight Zone version of any giant cosmopolitan city. Okay. So, um, and then that game, which I started just for my friends, mm-hmm. John Nephew at Atlas Games heard about it, and he said, that's the one I want to publish, is the stuff that no one else wow. will publish. Cool. And I could not talk him out of it. So <laughs> he, he published it in 92, and that was Robin Laws. Was the, he's a famous game designer, does all sorts of great story-oriented work, and he was the one that sort of inspired me to look into William S. Burroughs for inspiration for role-playing games, and then uh, he provided a lot of material for the original over the edge, I was actually the first person to pay him for role-playing design work back in '92. Okay. Wow. So I, I said I'd give him fifty bucks for all the stuff he sent me, and it was so good I gave him a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, and so that game influenced a lot of indie mm-hmm. role-playing game designers, like Ron Edwards, and um, so now I have come back to the game and rewritten it for okay. the modern day, okay. right? And we raised money for it on Kickstarter, so it'll be out next year, Ooh, less right. than a year, right? Cool. All and um, I totally rewrote the setting so that even people who have read it before, will it'll all be new and fresh and something special. Okay. And, then, and the game system is totally redone because in 92, I did not know how to tell people how to make a real freeform Whatever. I was making it up as I went, yeah. right? I'm yeah. just the GM. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks at me to interpret the dice, and there's no rule book, so I can tell them whatever I want, yeah. right. right? But if I write that into a rule book and had it someone else to run, mm-hmm. you need to, yeah. you need rules, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the, you, can, you can look at my 1992 version of Over the Edge as this weird amphibian mm-hmm. product where it's got these really amazing freeform elements mm-hmm. that sort of bust loose your creativity and let you do what you want. And then it has these really mechanical combat things where you're rolling dice and you're subtracting numbers and you're multiplying by a factor and you're, right? And, well, that doesn't belong in the game. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't know how so to do it. Sounds like an initiative yeah. system that we're, we're talking well, about. Well, that was the whole thing. It's like, it really, mm-hmm. that's the part that sort of right. shows its age. And so I revamped the... Um, mechanic system and I've got a blindingly fast freeform uh, dice rolling system that uh, just like it does what I want it to do and it doesn't it used to be that mm-hmm. if you want to do combat you everyone has to slow down and everything goes to, becomes this very slow tactical mm-hmm. back and forth um, and now you know you can if you want resolve a fight between two people with a single dice throw you can do you, you can just move things through okay. so fast, and there are 
sort of surprise elements built into the dice rolls that, that may give you not only a success or fail factor, but a, a good or bad surprise as well. So really happy about that. We made, raised over $130,000 on Kickstarter, and now mm-hmm. we're going to come out with a game early next year. And oh, cool. Uh, All right. Maybe mid next year. And I'm... Uh, uh, so I'm doing like the final touches on that, things like map right. order and final read through. So when uh, when can we get you again and talk about that later? So, uh, <laughs> I mean, a great great time would be when it releases next year in okay. June. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Sounds and, good. But the pre-orders are going to come online within, a, I don't know when this will drop, but early in September, there'll okay. be pre-orders on Backer Kit that people can get in on. Uh, card version on the edge again? Everybody or? asks for that. <laughs> yeah, the more people that ask for it, the more likely it's going to okay. happen. So we'll see. Well, Jonathan, how do we get a hold of you? How do we buy your Thank stuff? So, uh, you know, I'm Jonathan Tweet, yep. and you can find me on Twitter, Jonathan Amazon, Michael Tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm on Google Plus because I really am a geek. Mm-hmm. My Facebook. Um, so I'm, I'm there with all those things, and um, you can find 13th Age on Twitter. Uh, I've got an Over the Edge collection on Google+. Plus. And, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, in fact, I have an Over the Edge sort of theme board on Pinterest. Okay. Uh, right? Yeah. yeah, and an Over the Everywhere. Edge. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Well, when I was doing this it, back in the 90s, I literally had like... Uh, a drawer with clip-outs of pictures from newspapers, yeah. right. right? Because like, it's hard to find images. Uh, oh, yeah, and they would yeah. say, oh, okay, you see these people, these dancers <laughs> or whatever. And now everything's online, right? Yeah. You just pull everything out of the ether. It's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm easy to find on the um, internet. And then you can also look for me as Grandmother Fish. Okay. That's my that's my evolution All handle, right. <laughs> where I'm now a science communicator teaching evolution to children. Okay. Using awesome. a, I've got a book, Grandmother Fish. It's mm-hmm. the first book to teach evolution to preschoolers. Mm-hmm. And I've got a card game, Clades. Okay. And Clades Prehistoric, two animal matching games that mm-hmm. teach evolutionary relationships. Wow, that is cool. cool. So that evolution has always been one of my side interests. And... I worked on that Grandmother Fish project for years and years while I was doing game design. I finally figured out how to do it. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, the you beer is done. You're Beer's a renaissance done. man. <laughs> so with that, yeah. thanks a lot, man. You bet. All right. cool. Yeah. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. All right. Okay, Alex, if you're watching, I backed your game. He did. So I, I saw him do it. Got done on my phone. My phone mm-hmm. remembers my password. Well, this yeah. is great. And what a great interview by Jonathan Tweet. Oh yeah. Great. Oh that, man. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. We were uh, Dragonflight. Um, so I hope there, there weren't too many elevator dings in there because we had to find it. <laughs> there was the a lot of elevator t- yeah. dings. In there. <laughs> yeah. But hey, we got an exciting night tonight. We got a little bit of D and D. Yes, right. Yeah, doing Waterdeep Dragon Heist, which is available in your game stores right now. Speaking of game stores, we are we are recording right now live, live yes, right we're here. Yes, we're live and we're here at, at around the table in Linwood. So check him out. And by the way, if you want to communicate with us and talk to us, because yep. we like to talk to people. Yes, right. You can uh, reach us at geeksofcascadia at gmail or Geeks of Cascadia at Geeks of Cascadia on Twitter. Okay. Um, Geeks, Geeks of Cascadia on Facebook. Um, at Geeks of Cascadia on Instagram. If you want to send us a photo of yourself. And yes. Geeks of Cascadia on Tinder. Yes. That's right. Swipe left. Yep. Right. And then left. Is it right? Which I don't know. Yep. And you can also find us on Geeks of Cascadia on Grinder. Yes. 
So Absolutely. be sure to go on there and just really start up conversations. Uh, I don't know what any of those mean. Joe controls those last two. He does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he just shows up. Right. You swipe yeah. him, and he shows up. The first one you find, that's it. And just yes. start talking to this. Yes. I mean, us. So uh, do we us. have anything else, guys, or should we I just sign up? So. All right. So with that, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that safe <laughs> throw. Podcast.